welcome to Red, White, and Confused. I'm your host, Heather Evans. If you've driven through Russell County recently, you've probably noticed signs in people's yards that say no landfill, Moss 3. And you might have wondered, what's going on in Russell County? Well, last week, I attended a community meeting in Cleveland, and today I've invited to the program a group of citizens who are very active on this issue to give us some details about what's happening with the landfill in Russell County, what the timeline on this process looks like, what the challenges have been for those who've wanted to learn more about how to stop something like this from happening in their backyard, and then how can citizens get more involved. So I'm joined today by Amy Branson, Jennifer Chumbly, Ben Price, Tammy Garrett, and Brandy Hurley to talk about the landfill and the efforts of the residents in Russell County to stop this from happening. So first, thanks to all of you for joining me. So I think maybe the best way to start our conversation is sharing a little bit of the background on this. I've heard people say in Washington County that they've seen the signs, but they don't really know what the signs are referencing, and they're not really sure what's happening in Russell County. So I wondered if um, one of you might want to hop in and take the lead on this by defining the the issue for our listeners. At where is this possible landfill? And Jennifer, were you the first one to really get involved in this issue? Yes, I, I was the very first one to, I guess, bring the issue to the public and uh, Brandy Hurley was involved in that. I guess I called her first, but uh, basically to just give you a little bit of background of where this particular landfill is to the proposed landfills to be located. It's um, Moss 3, and this is an old coal mines. And uh, this particular coal mines was part of the UMWA strike back in the 80s. So it's a, a very relevant location in our area. Now it's near a town called Cleveland, Virginia. And that is the town that I'm from. I'm actually one of the previous mayors of that little town. So I care about it very much. And, you know, our town is located in Russell County, Virginia. Moss 3 is outside of the town limits. And it's actually, uh, we have an AEP power plant there. So it's actually past the power plant. And it's in a, you know, a sparsely uh, populated area which is home to many rare species of uh, animals and plants and water. We have, we're near the Clinch River. Actually, Moss 3, to talk about it, where it's located, it's an old coal mining site that was a preparation plant, and it's approximately 20 miles from Abingdon, so it's not that far from Washington County, 21.1 miles to be exact as the crow flies. And it's very close to the Bristol landfill as well. And this landfill is also close to the Clinch River. And, you know, we're known as the gateway to the Clinch River. And this particular river runs through the town of Cleveland. And it's one of the world's large, has one of the world's largest collections of rare and endangered freshwater species. Um, the town is home to many new improvements in tourism. And so we are very upset that we would have to face the potentials of having extra traffic and having um, a landfill right in our backyard. Uh, this particular area is also home to many farms and um, many churches and many just good community folks that really don't want to see us become the next Bristol. And this started 
for me in July of 2023. This is when I first learned of the landfill. And like any small town with tight-knit communities, you hear rumblings of what's going on in that community. Everybody talks. So it was uh, talk of this particular landfill that was coming into the area. And it was going to be at this Moss 3 location, this old coal mining location that's been closed for many years. So I attended the next Board of Supervisors meeting, which was in August of 2023, to try to learn more about this potential hazard coming to my hometown and frankly near my farm where I live and um, nothing was said out in public that day at that particular board meeting but I did ask about it and I didn't get much of a response so I went back in September and I spoke to the chair at the time and the county administrator and they did somewhat confirm that they had hired an environmental consultant and that there was no permitting done and that this was all in its infancy and that basically I was uh, getting too involved in something that was just a potential plan. And at that time, I guess, is when I contacted Brandy Hurley and asked her at her advice on this. And that's because she's a local attorney and a friend of mine and wanted to know more information about what my options were at the time to try to stop this landfill. It, it became public as far as, you know, uh, the entire public knowing. Brandy and I put some things out on Facebook. And, of course, it piqued people's interest of, oh, this landfill's coming in. But September the 19th of 2023 was when the, the candidates at the time, it was the election year, uh, were having what was called a candidate forum out here in Lebanon, Virginia, at the government center. And at that time, questions could be sent in. It was kind of a town hall setting. And questions were asked to the Board of Supervisors candidates. Some of those included uh, board members that are currently serving and had served in the past, and some are new board members that were elected in November. But it was asked about the private landfill, and that's when they actually confirmed it publicly, that there would be planning um, for a potential private landfill to be located at Moss 3. Now, this location is near many of our touristic towns and some of the others can go into that later but it's um, right in the heart of what i would call our wildlife natural assets and resources now you mentioned that this is a, a private landfill tammy i know that you and i've spoken a little bit about the difference between government versus private could you share a little bit of like what does that mean when somebody says it's going to be a private landfill well, when a landfill is privately owned, um, the county will negotiate. The county that accepts this landfill in will have a host agreement, what's called a host agreement, which will set the terms um, of the county accepting this landfill into their area. But a private landfill, uh, we would be. Uh, while the county would have some oversight, largely um, the private company would determine what goes on with that landfill. Now, there is a trend for private landfills. That is a, a trend nationwide that is happening. And, uh, you know, of course, trash is becoming a, a bigger problem for everybody. And we understand that everybody has to have a place for their trash to go, and trash has to go somewhere. 
And I think, you know, looking at the uh, environmental aspects of, of that is, is it's another topic um, of conservation and, you know, learning to um, recycle and all that. That's really another topic. But, of course, we understand that uh, trash has to go somewhere. But we are saying that there are other options that can be explored before uh, we have to accept this landfill. Now, like I said, their uh, private landfills are becoming um, more common, and that's because it's expensive. It's expensive for a county to operate a landfill, and so with private companies um, having the the money and the backing, they're able to be able to build these landfills. But also what that means is these landfills are bigger. So these privately owned landfills are typically much bigger than your little county landfill that only takes trash from your locality or your county, you know, um, where you used to have to have a sticker or a permit or something to show that you lived in the county. Um for your for you to be able to put your trash there, this would be a very very large what we would call mega landfill um, that would not only accept our locality's trash and probably other areas around us. We understand for a reduced fee, not for free, but for a reduced fee. Um, but it would also ex- accept trash from other states. Um, you know, possibly New York, Pennsylvania, Maryland, you know, uh, uh, trash would be coming in from other places and they would have to accept large amounts of trash for this to be um, the money-making venture that they want it to be to um to, you know, to be worth their while to come in here. So that that is a trend, um, moving away from the, the smaller county-owned um, op- and, and operated landfills to these large privately-owned landfills that, uh, you know, become just huge, uh, cover huge, vast amounts of, of acreage. Um, so the largest landfill in the United States is the Apex Landfill in Nevada, which is 2,200 acres, and at max capacity accepts about 10,000 tons of trash a day. The largest landfill in the state of Virginia is the Waverly Landfill, which is about 1,300 acres. The proposed landfill for Russell County, we have heard, could possibly be up to 1,250 acres. Um, Of course, you know, nothing is confirmed, but that is a number that that we have heard. So this this would make it a a very, very large landfill. Um, That we, we have a lot of concerns um, about the site being able to just being able to manage that. That goes into some of the geological um, uh, concerns that we have and the past history of it being um, uh, an old coal mining site and things like that. So um, 
That is one reason that we are concerned is because it is a privately owned landfill. Definitely. And I'll tell you, as someone who lives in Abingdon, that we smell the trash from Bristol. And so when you were talking earlier, Jennifer, about the distance of this landfill from from Abingdon, it's not that much farther from Abingdon. Like it's it's not that far from Abingdon. <laughs> right. And and I wonder, too, I mean, you guys are fighting this on the front end. Whereas with Bristol, Bristol's landfill um, at, over the last couple of years has been on the back end of here's now we've got the smell and we have everyone being affected by this. How, what is the size difference like in terms of the amount of trash? Tammy was just saying this is going to be much larger, but how much more trash are we talking about this landfill taking in than something like Bristol? Brandy, do, do you know right offhand, like what's the difference in the the amount, the size of the trash that would be taken by both places? Uh, yes, Heather. So um, I had actually spoken with the former mayor of Bristol, Neil Osborne, um, and he was telling me that the city of Bristol, Virginia has about 17,000 people and they produce about 6,500 tons of trash per year. Um, this landfill that's being proposed at Moss 3 is estimated to be taking up to 6,000 um, tons of trash per day. That's insane. So this is going to be significantly larger than Bristol. And we also don't know what the effects will be. Um, now, I want to talk a little bit about the timeline. I want to get back to that, Jennifer, because you mentioned how you got involved what does this timeline look like right now? At, at like, where are we at in the timeline? What what's the process? Well, uh, we in October we started a landfill group on Facebook to try to get more people involved, and that is our "We Say No to Moss Three Landfill" group. Um, we wanted to let the public know that this was actually being proposed. And we wanted to have more involvement from the community because this will affect everyone in Russell County in some way or another, whether they realize it or not. It absolutely will. And, you know, as far as with the Board of Supervisors timeline, you know, when we look at timelines, we look at our timeline and then we look at the Board of Supervisors. They have potentially known about this since 2022. Um there was, once we started looking at everything and, and, and getting agendas and preparing for the fight of our lifetime, we noticed that Moss 3 was actually coming up in closed session often in 2022 and 2023, so much so that they had already hired a uh, potential uh, outside counsel, which is uh, Gentry Locke, and they had also hired a environmental consultant, which is known as Batista. And, you know, that particular movement made us think that this wasn't in its infancy, that this was something that we needed to start fighting immediately. So it was imperative that we get the group together, get information out to the public, and continue the fight to, to stop this because you know, that's, that's our ultimate goal is to stop this private landfill. And it's not that we don't know that trash needs to go somewhere. You know, we hear that often. We realize that, but this particular area is just not a right fit for this type of mega landfill. And, you know, with our current board of supervisors, no votes have happened. There's been a lot of information about ordinances and, you know, when each board member knew 
what part was happening. Um, you know, we had an election in November, so some board members changed. Uh, therefore, we know that in their timeline that they did know in 2022. And we didn't know in 2022. We didn't know till 2023. So that that's an issue. That's absolutely an issue. And okay, so over the last couple of weeks, I've been noticing something happening on that Facebook page. It has been referenced as Packet Gate. Um, so what's going on with these packets? Ben, you have been very involved with these packets. Can you explain to everybody what in the world are these packets? Yeah, so so basically uh, any board meeting that is uh, uh, considered an uh, open meeting the, by Virginia law, um, every meeting is open unless there's a reason for it not to be open, and there's very few exceptions to uh, that. So if you go to a board meeting um, for anything, uh, they sh- if they have a packet, um, they should make that available to you. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm a small business owner and uh, have a, a family and, and don't really spend a lot of time in local politics. And um, so when this came about with the landfill, you know, I was, uh, you know, pretty concerned and uh, became somewhat involved. And at the meeting on February 3rd, uh, I was like, you know, the first thing that caught my attention is uh, uh, one of the Board of Supervisor members had, had said, I make a motion to pay the bills. And I was like, what bills? And, you know, they were spending several hundred thousand. They didn't even look through them. So I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, that's strange. Okay. Um, how do we know that there's not a mistake? I'm not saying anything necessarily nefarious, but, but a mistake. And so uh, then I got to realizing that uh, and, and communicating with another uh, uh, individual who is very uh, up and up on the FOIA information and, and the open meeting records uh, or the open meeting law and, and how records are supposed to be maintained. Uh, I just asked for the for the information and uh, the county administrator, uh, our, our exchange has been recorded and the audio amplified, but he didn't want to give it to me. That's my opinion. Um, you know, he told me no. He said it was electronic, it was too many megabytes, and it was not until I requested that he stop the meeting that he finally gave it to me. But there was approximately another 200 people there that didn't have it. And um, I think that the, the lesson here is, you know, for, for Russell County specifically is that we have to be informed with what they're making decisions about so we can ask questions. The unfortunate part uh, for me and the part where I've become very uh, disappointed, um, frankly, with uh, our Board of Supervisors, but I don't want to pick on them unfairly, um, but but frankly, with a lot of small-town politics in in, in the state of Virginia, is that um, a lot of decisions were made right in front of people's faces without all the information. And, um, you know, it's my opinion that regardless of your party affiliation, I think that a cornerstone of democracy is that your elections are not interfered with. And because these packets were not available, um, and frankly, there's several people who have signed affidavits saying they were uh, actively denied the information that, that I requested, but I wouldn't take no for an answer. Had that information have been provided as it is now, then I don't think we would be in the situation we're in now because... We would either have a different board or the board that we have now 
would have been stuck with their decision. They couldn't have said, I don't know. And so it's created a very uh, sincere amount of distrust and a very rigid dichotomy between what the elected officials have said and what they're saying now. And um, a lot of times their statements are very uh, uh, conflicting and they're exclusive of one another. Uh, so, so two things can't be congruent at the same time. And there for a while, until I was able to, to get a hold of the, of the situation, I felt like I was being gaslit by my own government. Because we were told, oh, no, the packets were there, they were printed out, and they were there, and we can't be responsible if someone steals them and runs away. I mean, no. I mean, maybe you can't, but that's not, that's not a fair argument. You should want us to review these before we come to the board meeting so we can help you make decisions. I don't envy anyone in, in the position that they're in now, but I feel like a lot of it's been created. And the silver lining in all this, even if we end up with a landfill, um, which I, I hope that we don't, is that nobody will go to a ice cream committee without their packet in Russell County. Yeah, and now those packets are available online. So they ended up going back how many months? Um, they went back to well into 2016. Uh, the retention requirements is only or is only three years. However, some people are confusing retention with disclosure, and and you know a retention schedule is saying you're allowed to destroy this after three years, not you're allowed to prevent disclosure after three years. And so um, basically, if it exists you got to cough it up, which uh, I think that we're, uh, you know, one of the few people who have actually took our government to court over a FOIA issue uh, that have been denied uh, even even a, a day in court because of a, a legislative exemption, which uh, uh, they can speak about here in a little bit. But, uh, you know, it was... Uh, it shouldn't be this way, and it's not designed to be this way. You know, FOIA is not designed to be an adversarial process. We're not alleging that you've done anything wrong, but sometimes the response to our FOIA requests make us feel like that there's something to hide. We we don't think there is. We're trying to we're trying to figure out how we got here, and and we found out that the the four members of the previous board of supervisors either knew or should have known in September of 2022 that this landfill was a sincere possibility. They chose not to tell us that, and some chose to say they didn't know, in my opinion, for the purposes of being reelected, which is very, very unfair. Now, I know right now um, there's some meetings coming up. And Amy, I want to bring you into the conversation. I've seen this week that um, St. Paul has written a letter about how they oppose the the landfill. Can you share a little bit of that with the listeners? What's happening with St. Paul and some of the other communities? Because you've been very active in that. So some of our other supporters of the opposition of the landfill movement went to the St. Paul Town Council meeting and um, spoke about our concerns with the landfill being so close to the clinch and the potential routes for the trains and trains of trash that could come through the county 
And since we haven't had transparency, we don't know the exact routes. So basically any of our surrounding counties are fair game at this point. But the town of St. Paul and Russell County are are basically the same place. You know, that's where you go eat. That's where you go shop. You know, there's not a, a grocery store in Castlewood. So we've kind of always been as one. And so it was very important for me to speak with the town council and Mayor Holbrook and let them know what was going on. And they were so gracious to have us. And they actually agreed to write a letter of opposition to the Russell County Board of Supervisors, which we've got posted on our Facebook page. But getting that first initial letter of opposition was really important because that hopefully other will fall in line to that. I've contacted um, Washington County Board of Supervisors, Scott County, Wise County, Tazewell County, Dickinson County. I've contacted the mayors of uh, Clintwood and then also St. Paul, but then Hayside as well, because this, this could affect all of us. Since there's been no transparency around the project, we don't know the roots. We don't know what's going to go on. And, you know, why should Russell County Board of Supervisors make a decision that's going to affect us all? That's a really great point. And I was thinking about how even though the landfill in Bristol, of course, was affecting people at the landfill, its effects were felt for miles. And so where could like these effects be felt? It could be felt all over Appalachia. Amy, I also want to talk about a little thing that Ben just mentioned, which was that you have been also active in some of these FOIA requests. So tell us a little bit about what is FOIA and then how does it work and then what has been going on? So FOIA means the Freedom of Information Act. So that basically means anything involved in the government, unless it goes into an executive session for like to entice a private business in or to discuss financials with a private business should be open to the public. And we have been making FOIA requests and they've been slightly evasive. Um, they've been quoting that it's attorney client privilege. And that's something I'll let Brandy speak to with her FOIA request. Um, my particular FOIA request was that we get a copy of the Potista assessment of the site for feasibility. So I FOIA'd that from the county administrator, Mr. Alonzo Lester, and he never responded to my FOIA at all. So the county paid for that. The county contracted that. The county actually paid over $51,000 for that assessment. So I feel like we should be entitled to look at that, especially before this public meeting coming up on the 8th to discuss host agreement. We should see that. How can we accurately ask questions if we've never even seen the data that our own county paid for? So after my FOIA request was ignored, I went to Brandy and um, I didn't really know what to do. So I, Brandy instructed me kind of, you know, how to take it. And I went down to the county clerk's office and I filed a writ of mandamus. And the county clerk's office was kind of at a loss of how to file it because I'm apparently the first person that's filed it. And so we got that filed for $70 and they issued the county a subpoena to appear in court. So that was the 12th that I filed that and the court date was scheduled for the 14th. So Brandy and Ben and I and another citizen, Mr. R.D. Sneed, showed up on the 14th and there was nobody there from the county. So after Brandy spoke with the judge, you know, that uh, Mr. Kilgore, who's the county's attorney, who I feel like has a conflict of interest in other manners of representing some of the landfill people in other legal matters. Um, so that's why the county hired Gentry Locke as their attorneys. But Delegate Kilgore 
invoked legislative privilege to have our FOIA request hearing put off till April. So I feel like my FOIA request should have been addressed by Gentry Locke because it's a landfill matter, not just a FOIA request. So we currently have a court date mid-April for that. Um, we've reached out to Gentry Locke to try to get some resolution there because it should be a landfill matter, which doesn't involve Delegate Kilgore because of his conflicting interest. And the other thing I would like to add about FOIA, <clears throat> um, Russell County has really never charged for FOIA requests before. And I've sent two FOIA requests today, one to the IDA and one to the county. And they both came back requesting funds for the FOIA. Now they're they're trying to stop us by requesting monetary. And instead of the FOIA going to the FOIA officer in the IDA's cage, which is Mr. Ernie McFadden, it went straight to their legal counsel, which feels a little aggressive to me because I, I only asked for some payment stuff. And that's fine if there's a fee. I'm willing to pay a fee. But the FOIA fees are required to be placed on their website. And the IDA is not in compliance right now. So I don't want to pay until I figure out that what I'm paying is not what above what they would ask of somebody else and is in alliance with the required posted fees that they should have had on their website. That's a great point. Um, now, for listeners who are wondering, how in the world can we all get involved with this? You've mentioned FOIAs. I've, I've seen other citizens on your page also talking about FOIAs. Um, but what can they do other than logging on and following Facebook? What are some of the steps they can take to get more active on this issue? Brandy, would you like to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So number one right now is just contacting the Russell County Board of Supervisors and expressing, you know, your concerns about this project, uh, uh, not just about this project, but how they're also handling FOIA requests. Um, because like, like Amy said, this has never been um, charged to anyone in the past. And now all of a sudden we're opposing a major project and it's, oops, we've got fees. Um, and they're allowed to, they're allowed to charge those, but I think that um, keeping those fees off of their public schedule for so long um, kind of looks very biased um, towards our group. Um, so I would encourage people to contact their board of supervisors, you know, expressing their concern about this landfill, asking questions about this landfill, but also, you know, about this FOIA issue, uh, because, you know, government information is our information. They're supposed to represent us. They're supposed to be working for us. And instead, it almost feels like we are working against each other. And it shouldn't be that way. Um, I would also recommend anybody who wants more information to follow our Facebook group. Um, we're working on a website right now. It's not quite out yet, but it will be out soon um, where people can go and log on and kind of follow that. You can also check me out on TikTok. Um, I do some landfill updates pretty frequently. Uh, my account is Brandy Hurley. You can search that. It usually comes up, but if not, my handle is Appalachian underscore itch. And uh, that would be a good way to do like a visual update of the landfill because I try to do big updates as we get them. Yeah, it's such a large issue and people are always wondering, how do I get more involved? So thank you for that. Um, should they also reach out to their representatives that are, I guess, in, you could say, um, higher offices than just the local offices? Do you think that contacting maybe members of Congress or state legislators would be effective at this point? Or should we focus more on local and maybe coming to some of these upcoming meetings? 
Definitely coming to the meetings. Um, the next meeting is going to be hosted by the, the Russell County Board of Supervisors on March 8th. Um, so that would be a great way to get involved. Um, contacting the um, local representatives, yes. Now, we have contacted uh, Morgan Griffith, who has responded to us by saying that, you know, this is a local issue. This is not a federal issue. But then at the same time, he actually wrote a letter of support for one of these connected projects. So a lot of uh, those types of representatives are, are kind of, we feel like, talking out of both sides of their mouth on the issue, but it doesn't hurt to write them letters, um, especially asking them to not support any more grant funding for this site. Yeah, and we haven't even scratched the surface of of everything that's involved in this landfill. Jennifer, I know that you've done a lot of work on that area, and Tammy, you have too. I'm just kind of looking at, so who's really involved? Who are the major players? Uh, there, there's so many things we could talk about. Yeah. Do you want to give maybe a, a brief kind of couple minutes of like a Here's who the people are that are really involved with this landfill. Well, I'll start first and then Tammy can. But, um, you know, we mentioned the IDA. The IDA is the Industrial Development Authority. And what they do in Russell County is basically they're um, supposed to be bringing in business. And the way that this all started with the timeline of this particular company owning this property and is that it, back in 2017, there was grant money applied for. And there was a couple of different um, grants that were applied for. Um, Tammy can talk more to you about those. But what happened from there is that a, a project called Project Reclaim was proposed and put into place by our local IDA, Industrial Development Authority. And, you know, to, to understand this, it's, it's a really confusing thing because you have this huge property here at Moss 3. Part of it is now owned by our Industrial Development Authority. And all this time, we were told this was going to be a big industrial park and, and it was going to have uh, recreational trails behind it. So going back to 2017, 2018, 2019, even 2020 during COVID years, everybody thought, hey, they're building this big industrial park over here. It's going to be great. It's going to bring in jobs. There's going to be uh, plenty of recreational because you got to remember that Russell County has a state park coming in now and we have Nature Conservancy joining some of these sites. So we have all of these resources. So we thought, OK, this is great. You know, we're going to have this. This will be great. But what happened is the IDA does own approximately 232 acres, give or take a few acres there. And they do advertise it on their website as industrial pads. They, in fact, call it the golden pad. Uh, and that is the part where the old tipple, the Moss 3 tipple used to be. And behind that is now owned by Russell County Reclamation. And that is the company that acquired this property from a, a, a previous mine, mining operator. And there's some confusion on how the IDA divided Project Reclaim because Russell County Reclamation has been involved from the very beginning, even with the IDA of removing what we call coal gob or slate from the property. And when you remove something, you have to reclaim it. You have to put something back. So we were told at one of the meetings that Russell County Reclamation had that this was going to be trash put back because they got to put something back. You know, um, when they remove this coal gob that they are selling, as far as we know, they're, they're selling it to locations that can burn it in our area. 
for many years back in the coal mining days, you couldn't burn coal gobs. So that was the waste product that was just left. You know, it was left on these mining sites and it, it stayed there for years and nobody knew what to do with it. But now we do have a couple of power plants in our area that can burn that gob and they have the, the proper uh, cleaning equipment and they have the proper filters to be able to burn such uh, types of coal. So we look back now and we see, okay, Project Reclaim, there was a ribbon cutting, there was excitement, you know, Morgan Griffith was there as well as, you know, part of our IDA members and as well as John Matney, Clyde Stacy, and, uh, and um, even some local attorneys were there. So they had a ribbon cutting on this big IDA project. Then the next thing we know, you know, a few years later, now we're getting a landfill. Now, who's going to build an industrial park with a landfill right behind you? In fact, above you, you know, and so that mm -hmm. is some of the issues that we're looking at here, not only from, you know, the environmental issues of, hey, this is next to many streams. You know, we have a creek called Dumps Creek. We have Cheney Creek there. I mentioned earlier the Clinch River, um, you know. But now you've got an industrial park that Russell County owns and it's supposed to bring in all these jobs, but we're going to put a landfill. I, you know, it, it's very confusing. And last week I was hearing discussion, too, of needing an additional water plant. Um, Tammy, could you talk a little bit about that? Well, um, they, you know, when you have a landfill, um, especially one that potentially could be as big as this, um, modern landfills are built to where they have pipes that actually run underneath um, that uh, drain off the, the waste that that leaks out from landfills. Um, and that waste is referred to as leachate. So that waste and uh, the, the leachate has to be, has to go somewhere um, because basically all landfills leak eventually they may not leak for the first 10 years or 20 years or maybe 30 years or more but eventually they will leak um and the epa has has shown that they they've done studies of many many landfills i think one study cited um 86 landfills that they looked at and every one of them was leaking so the leachate has to go somewhere so it's that that runoff would have to be treated it has to be they have to do something with it um you know they can't just let the the rain and the leachate and everything like that sit on the garbage it's supposed to be covered up every day um i mean you know there's all kinds of things that they're supposed to do with it so one of our concerns is that at this site there is not um, the proper facilities to uh, process leachate. There's really not um, the proper facilities at this site right now to um, support an industrial park. So we do have concerns about uh, who would finance the facilities to process any leachate or any waste that would have to be taken care of, um, if that would fall on the taxpayers, um, if it would fall on the county, um, or is the private company going to take care of that? That is something that we do not have an answer to. We're not sure that there 
are even the proper if there if this site could even maintain um what's needed to properly um control uh the the leachate and and all the things that are going to come all the hazardous things that are going to come with a landfill like this because it is sitting on um you know land that's that's been re- reclaimed it's this, this land is already you know we're adding insult to injury it's already it's was mined underneath there was a deep mine under there um cheney creek deep mine ran under this property for about eight miles so there was a large underground mine underneath it and then they had the preparation plant and they had the the coal and the the gob and you know the refuse sitting on top and then supposedly russell county reclamation um we hope uh reclaimed that land properly um but even with all that with everything that's going on there uh a lot of people do have concerns um about the ability of this site to um, maintain um, the, the landfill, just maintain, uh, be able to even hold up the trash without it, you know, without it sinking in or leaching in underneath the ground. There's also caves under there. Um, there's been concerns of, about gas potentially being under there. And um, there are such things as, Landfill fires because of methane, because landfills release methane. Um, so there's a concern that um, it could catch on fire. So, you know, we have a lot of concerns about the safety of this site and if it really is um, safe uh, for everyone in the county, really, to for everyone in our area, uh, for this type of landfill to to be placed here because it is so compromised already. Yeah, and I saw something, one of the last letters from those who are trying to begin the landfill that had a year attached to it, the, the number of years they think that this could potentially be in this location. Amy, you and I talked a little bit about that yesterday. I mean, how long are they expecting this landfill to potentially take in garbage? So the exact quote was for decades to come. And I think that was out of the letter of intent that they wrote to DEQ from TRC, which is one of the, the Russell County Reclamation hired TRC to basically, I think, facilitate the landfill project. So there's several different company names that you have to keep track of. And I think that's part of the lack of transparency. So we've got Nova Group, TRC, Russell County Reclamation, but for decades to come. And in the original article in the Lebanon News, um, Clyde Stacey, which is one of, we think, one of the financial backers of the landfill, stated that the landfill was going to be 30 acres. So when we had the open public, you know, informational meeting that they had on January 29th, I saw Mr. Stacy there and I had never met Mr. Stacy, but I, I recognized him because he had on an old farm hat and I went down and sat next to him and I asked him, I was like, Hey, I want you to make money. This is your private land. 
but what size landfill is really financially feasible? And there was no hesitation from Mr. Stacy to tell me that 100 acres. So he tells the newspaper 30, he tells me 100, and he's never met me before. So what is it really going to be? And, and that gets back to the, if we don't stop it now, we will be fighting it forever. There's a group up in Ohio called Sunny Farm Landfield, and they have a very active Facebook page, and they're trying to stop expansion on their landfill. So once you let these people in, they open cell after cell of the landfill, you know, 30 acres at a time, and they fill it up, and then they cover it over, and they open another cell. And it's almost impossible once they're in there to stop them from opening new cells because they've already got all the required permitting with the state and DEQ. So now's the time to fight. I agree. And Jennifer, at the meeting last week, you brought up the fact that this has already happened once in Russell County, that back in the 90s, there were some citizens who also tried to fight a landfill situation. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. So in the 80s, 90s, there was um, a potential, I guess, for not just the landfill, but some other, I think it was called a thermal burn unit that was going in. And our county actually made an ordinance saying no private landfills, no thermal burn units, no incinerators. So that ordinance was made in, as far as we know, 1991. And, you know, when you look back into the newspapers, uh, which you can do online now, um, you find that this fight's happened before, but it was more about a county landfill. And today we are still paying. This county opened a county landfill. People tried to fight that as well, and we're still paying the cost. And we have possible leaking leachate there as well. So there's already issues, you know. And as far as with this particular company, which, as Amy was saying, is confusing because you got Russell County Reclamation owning the land, and then you have Nova Company of Virginia on a potential host agreement that we've seen a draft of that we don't we don't know if it's real or not, but we've seen that. So they're, they're mixing up these companies, but they're the same people, same owners. Uh, so it, it gets kind of confusing of, are we going down this road again with this fight? We've had the UMWA fight before. You know, with coal mines, the difference was that put food on our family's tables. You know, people worked in the coal mines. Landfills don't bring in that many jobs. And unfortunately, there's nothing in return that I can see for our small towns in this area that would be a great benefit to us um, for having this landfill. It's, it's just, as I see it, in my personal opinion, is outsiders coming in and, and taking over property in our area and, and not giving back to our communities. So, you know, this is not the first time Russell County has been down this lane, this road before. And this is not the first time that Cleveland, which if you want to be technical, this landfill, they call it the Carbo landfill online, but it's actually in what we call South Clinch Clinchfield. This is not the first time we've had this fight. To be honest with you, we've eaten coal dust for years over in our area. You know, we've dealt with coal trucks. And like I said, we've done that happily mm -hmm. because our parents and our families were working in those coal mines. And, you know, but this disaster is not anything that I can see personally given back to us. And therefore, I don't see a benefit in it at all. And I would like to comment there, too, about the benefits. You know, a lot of people are scared to speak out. And that's a shame because that's how beat down we've been in our area. But, you know, certain people seem to be tying this to if we don't get a landfill, the teachers don't get a raise. 
Well, other county people have gotten raises and it's it's not fair to intimidate the teachers and the faculty who work so hard and we're so appreciative of. It's not fair to intimidate them into, hey, you have to pick whether you get a financial uh, monetary raise to help raise your family or whether we pollute and potentially destroy where you live. Well, I'm hopeful that more citizens than I'm hoping that more citizens in Russell County get active on this, but also I want to see citizens from all over Appalachia get active on this. And so definitely everyone, please follow their Facebook page to find out more information. Go check out the TikTok that Brandy has up to learn a little bit more and deeper about some of the some of the topics that are coming out, some of the things about the meetings. Uh, please write to your representatives, um, get a yard sign, put it in your yard, get a T-shirt wear it, do anything that you can to support this group. And the next meeting is on, it is March 8th. And where will that meeting be held and at what time? Now, we the Board of Supervisors meets on the first Saturday of the month at 9 a.m. So the next meeting with them will be March the 2nd, yes, at uh, 9 a.m. And then March the 8th is going to be the um, public hearing that our Board of Supervisors is having, like Brandy mentioned, for the resolution of the host agreement. And that's going to be at 7 p.m. at the Government Center. Which is 137 Highland Drive, Lebanon, Virginia, 24266. Well, I hope that people come out in droves to support um, all of your efforts and to, to say that we don't want to dump in our backyards. 